Welcome to First Fruits Community Church's podcast. This is Pastor Abraham Bellinger, and I'm so excited that you have downloaded this podcast and subscribed to inspirational biblical teaching that will mature you in your walk with Christ. So let's get right to it. Uh, there is a question that has been asked throughout the centuries uh, that's found in the Bible, and that every human being at some point of time when they're presented with truth will ask, and that's the question, what must I do to be saved? Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, Acts chapter 16, verse 30 are just a couple of examples of men who were asking that question to different preachers, those who were presenting the gospel to them. And so every human being is a sinner, and we're in need of salvation. And throughout the centuries, this question comes up, how can I be saved? Now, Christianity, my faith, our faith that we believe in, simply lets us know that God has provided salvation through Jesus Christ. But the question still remains, how can I receive the salvation that Jesus Christ provides? Well, we believe that the Bible tells us very specifically, very clearly, uh, what we need to do to be saved. And so the goal of this podcast and the ones that are to follow is simply to help you find out what that biblical answer is and to even discuss some of the issues, the challenges uh, that are around this topic that kind of that, that, that filter around this, that, that, that's come down through the denominations uh, and through man-made traditions. So we'll uncover those, we'll talk about that, and hopefully by the end of this study, it will encourage you to dig more into the truth, and then maybe if you're not saved, turn your life to Christ and receive new, new life in Him. So let's just get started. Very clearly, very simply, the Bible lets us know that we as human beings are sinners. Who can say, I have made my heart clean? Who can say, I am pure from my sin? Uh, Isaiah says, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, has taken us away. That's Isaiah 64 and 6 in Proverbs 20 and 9. Uh, even 1 Kings 8.46 and 2 Chronicles 6.36 says that there is no man that sinneth not. And if you look into the New Testament, into the book of Romans, the first three chapters lets us know for sure that both Jews and Gentiles stand condemned in the sight of God. So those who did not have the law of Moses are condemned by conscience. And those who had the law of Moses are condemned by the law. That's Romans chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. So pretty much all mankind is under sin. There's none that's righteous, no, not one. All the world is guilty before God, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now because of all of this, all mankind is under the sentence of of death because the payment for sin or the wages of sin is death that's Romans chapter 6 verse 23 see sin when it is finished it brings forth death that's what James says so salvation comes only through faith in Jesus Christ not only does each one of us need salvation 
but there is nothing that anybody can do to save themselves. There's no amount of good works that we can do. There's no amount of adherence to the law that can save us as men and women. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 lets us know, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now this means salvation is a free gift from God. And what we know is that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ made this free gift of salvation available. And the only way to receive salvation is to have your faith in Jesus and in the sufficiency of his sacrifice at the cross. Now, of course, well, you have to understand saving faith in Christ includes obedience to his gospel and application of his gospel to our lives. So we're going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about grace, when we talk about faith. And we have to put the emphasis and the stress that salvation can only come through faith and that faith must be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. That's John chapter 14, verse 6. And he also said we must believe that he is God manifested in the flesh as our Savior. John 8 and 24 said, uh, says, I say therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. So why is this reliance upon Jesus Christ absolutely necessary? Well, because all men are sinners. The holiness of God demands that God separates himself from us as sinful men and sinful women, uh, as mankind that are under the sin penalty, right? So God's holiness demands that he separates himself from us, and it also requires that we die as a penalty for our sins. So death is a penalty for us. So God chose to bind himself by the principle of death for sin, and without the shedding of blood, we know the Bible says, without the giving of a life, there can be no remission and there can be no release from this penalty of sin. That's Hebrews 9 and 22. And there can also be no restoration to fellowship with this holy God. So the death of animals was not sufficient enough to remit the sin of men because we, as mankind, are made greater than the animals in that we were created spiritual, mental, moral beings. We were made in the image of God, Genesis 1 and 27. Also, uh, an ordinary man would not be able to be that substitutionary sacrifice for another one's sin. Why? Because all mankind deserve eternal death for their own sins. So nobody could pay that price for us. So in order to provide a suitable substitute, what God did was reveal himself. He, he manifested himself in flesh through the man, Jesus Christ. Now, Christ is the only sinless man. He's the God man. And he's the only sinless man that has ever lived. So he 
was the only one who did not deserve to die and who could be a perfect substitute. And so knowing this, we know that his death became a propitiation or an atonement, a covering for our sins, which means that God can actually pardon our sins without violating his holiness and without violating his justice. That's Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26. Now, God does not excuse our sins, but he has inflicted the penalty for those sins on the innocent man, Christ Jesus. And so the substitution uh, works for us when we place our faith in Christ and when we apply his gospel to our lives. And so we know that the substitutionary covering, atoning death of Jesus was made necessary because we were sinful as mankind or we are sinful uh, because of the holiness of God and because God's law required death as the punishment for sin. And so this is why there can be no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. No other religion, uh, no other works of man. There's, there's nothing out there that provides salvation from sin except for Jesus Christ. So let's talk a little bit about it uh, in more detail then. I mean, what is salvation, right? What does it mean when somebody says, I'm saved? Like, what are you saved from? So right in the beginning, we got to establish this. Uh, in general, salvation can be any type of deliverance, any type of preservation, any type of liberation. But in a theological context, from a biblical perspective, it really means deliverance from the power and effects of sin. Now, from the Bible, it is very clear that salvation has past, present, and future aspects. I'm going to say that one more time. So if you're taking notes, of course, you can always go back and listen to this podcast. But from the Bible, we understand that salvation has past, present, and future aspects. See, I can say that I was saved, right? We could say we were saved, meaning that at a past point in time, we received forgiveness of sin. We received the freedom from sin's control and power to live. For example, the Apostle Paul lets us know that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And then we can also say that we are saved. Why? Because we presently enjoy forgiveness of sins. We have the power to live for God through the Holy Spirit, and we have freedom from the power and effects of sin by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, by grace you are saved. So that's the present salvation. Now the resurrection and life of Jesus Christ makes that present salvation effective. And not only did his death purchase past salvation from sin, but his life right now provides present victory over sin through his Holy Spirit that dwells in us. You can look at that in Romans chapter 5 and in 1 John chapter 4. Now, also in another sense of it all, salvation is still future. We all still live in these bodies. We have not yet received our final and complete deliverance from all the curse of sin. We still live in a broken world. We still live in a sinful, imperfect world. We all have mortal bodies. We all have this sinful nature. 
within us when I want to do good. Evil is present. Evil meaning that my flesh lusts against everything that the Holy Spirit desires. And the Holy Spirit is against the flesh. And they're always fighting each other. Uh, we, we face temptation as Christians. We all have the ability to sin even after we're saved. So our salvation will actually be complete only when we receive glorified immortal bodies just like the one of our resurrected Jesus. Jesus had a resurrected body. So Romans chapter 8 lets us know that in verse 23. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 lets us know this as well. And at that time when we get this body, we will no longer be subject to sickness or pain, temptation of sin or the possibility of death. That's going to be a beautiful day. Now, this last stage in God's salvation plan for us is called the glorification stage. And it's, it's going to occur when Jesus Christ comes back for the church at the rapture. And so the Bible often speaks of salvation as a future event. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, right? For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So those scriptures in the book of Acts chapter 15 verse 11, Romans 13 and 11, and Hebrews 9 28 uh, gives us a few examples of people, of, of men of God, speaking to salvation a, as being a future tense. Uh, even though they were saved, uh, and they were presently living saved, they were looking for that future salvation when they're totally, completely saved from all the effects of sin. So, you know, these three salvation perspectives are closely related. I mean, think about it. Future salvation are, is only going to come to those men and women who have experienced past and present salvation in this life. And, and, and those who are saved in the present have full assurance of salvation for the future. But what we need to understand very clearly that a one-time past experience of being saved does not automatically guarantee future salvation. So let's uncover this a little bit. We, we are responsible for keeping our salvation to the end. Just as we've received past salvation through faith in Christ, we will receive future salvation only if we continue to live by faith in our Lord Jesus. Now we can give that up. We can forfeit our present salvation and our promise of future salvation if we have a voluntary return to sin and a voluntary return to unbelief. And so the link between past and future salvation is our continuance in our present salvation, keeping ourselves daily. Now, I know there's teachings out there where people say, once saved, you're always saved. God's not going to let you go. Look, God doesn't want anybody to perish. If he saved you in the past, God does not want to let you go. However, remember, he's still holy. He's still just. And he has to keep to his word. And so there's many, many scriptural passages that lets us know that you can lose your salvation after you get saved. This isn't to scare anybody into thinking, oh my gosh, did I lose my salvation? No, it, it, the Bible simply gives us truth that we might humble ourselves 
and then go to the Lord if we have sinned for with repentance. And we don't have to get baptized again. We don't have to get filled with the Holy Spirit again. We don't have to go through all the all that all that again. But if we do commit sin after we're saved, or if we start falling into a life of sin and unbelief after we're Christians, then we can get ourselves back on track. But we do run the risk of losing that salvation. Now, Jesus taught the absolute necessity of abiding in him and keeping his commandments. In John chapter 15, he says also in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, he that endures to the end shall be saved. He also says, John three sixteen, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I know we quote that scripture all the time, but you have to understand that word believeth is in the present tense, and it implies that you have to have a continued present belief in order to remain saved. That just makes sense. That's logic. You cannot just have a one-time experience. You get saved, and then you totally stop believing in Christ. You totally forget about him. He's not just going to welcome you in. When you fall back into that sinful lifestyle, there's many scriptures that let us know the danger of that. The Apostle Paul said, The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everybody that believes. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. Now salvation will come to those who move from faith to faith, to those who continue to live by faith. Paul also said in Philippians 2 and 12, work out your own salvation. He's talking to people that are saved. All right. These people are saved. But he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This doesn't mean that we can save ourselves by our own works, our own plan. Uh, we can't earn our own salvation. We're already saved. But what it means is that we must consciously abide and stay in and keep our salvation. We should view salvation with awe and with respect and reverence, realizing we can lose it if we don't value it. We, we should be watchful of Satan's tricks, and we got to be very careful not to go out and do evil. And so, look, there's many other verses that admonish us in this respect. Uh, there's a verse that says, Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, Thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. That's 1 Timothy 4 and 16. Now, Timothy was already saved, but he said you got to take heed to the doctrine. Take heed to yourself and the doctrine and do what? Continue in them. Why? Because if you do that, then you'll, you will save yourself and them that hear thee. Well, what do you mean? He's already saved, but yeah, you got to keep the doctrine. you got to stay in it. All right? You can't just take a one-time experience and just say that's enough now there's also scripture romans chapter 11 verse 22 it says behold therefore the goodness and severity of god okay let's look at the goodness of god let's look at the severity of god the goodness of god and the severity of god on them which fell severity but towards you goodness if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shall be cut off. 
That's that's a really good scripture that supports the fact that once you're saved, you're not always saved. I want to read it again. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but towards thee, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shalt be cut off. All right. So he was uh, Apostle Paul was teaching the Roman church saved people that many of them were Gentiles. So he was explaining how the Jews were blinded partly to give us an opportunity as Gentiles to be saved. But let us not fall into the same pattern of unbelief, lest we too are cut off. So he was talking to that, all right? So, so the Bible says, I declare unto you the gospel by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Many other passages teach that we can lose our salvation through unbelief and disobedience. Galatians 5 and 4, 1 Timothy 5 and 12, Hebrews 12, 14 through 15, James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, 2 Peter 1 and 10, 2 Peter 2 and 1, 2 Peter 2, 20 through 21, Revelations 3 and 5. So go back and read through those scriptures. In short, you know, to sum it all up, we have not yet received all the eternal benefits of salvation, and therefore... Our future salvation is still a hope, right? That's what the Bible says. We are saved by hope, and we have the hope of salvation. That's Romans 8 and 24 and 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. The hope of future salvation is more than a mere wish. However, for we have the promise and assurance of salvation if we continue to walk in the gospel. So I just want to say it again, the hope of the hope of future salvation is more than just a wish. We have the promise, we have the assurance of salvation if we continue to walk in the gospel. The one way to obtain eternal salvation is to find present salvation from sin in this life. And that brings us to the question, how can we be saved from sin in this life? So we have to look at three different passages in the New Testament that relate to this specific subject, the new birth. The first passage we're going to consider comes from the ministry of Jesus Christ. The two other passages are the only two places in the New Testament church where someone asked, what must I do to be saved? How do I be saved? I hope you enjoyed this podcast please take the time to share with others that first fruits community church has some really good podcasts and uh, we would love for them to download them and join with us in fellowship and getting this great word of god and again if you'd like to support our ministry and help us further the gospel you can text ffcc to 77977 and make a donation or go to our website www.firstfruits.com communitychurch.com. God bless you, and we'll see you and hear from you on the next podcast.